الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورايت الناس يدخلون في دين الله افواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفره انه كان توابا صدق الله العظيم most respected of my kiram brothers and elders the surah of the quran sharif is among the last surahs and all of us are familiar with it we recite it in our salah the surah was revealed barely barely 80 days before rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam left us sallallahu alaihi wasallam left us dunya so on the occasion of hajjatul wada the farewell pilgrimage and it was in mina barely 80 days he days prior to the demise of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he sallallahu alaihi wasallam that this that this surah was revealed and in the surah allah taala says that iza jaa nasru ga jaa nasrullah wal fath that when the help of allah taala comes and when victory comes وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا And when you have witnessed people entering into the deen of Allah Ta'ala, into Islam, in huge numbers, then فَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرْ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا Now glorify Allah Ta'ala with His praises and seek His forgiveness. Allah Ta'ala is most forgiving. this was the surah that was revealed but in the surah there was a very very important message that was being given as well, was being given as well and some sahaba immediately understood this message on one occasion hazrat umar ibn khattab radhiyallahu ta'ala an in the time when he was an in the time when he was amirul mu'minin he asked he asked some sahaba that this surah what is the meaning of it so the translation we've already understood what is the meaning of this what is the meaning of this surah so somebody said something somebody said something somebody said something sir abdullah bin abbas radiyallahu ta'ala an ta'ala an who is known as the mufassir of the ummah the person who had very great expertise in understanding the quran sharif and the meaning of the ayat of the quran sharif they asked him what you have to say about it he was the youngest of everybody sitting there he said what i understood from this is that this was information given to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that your time to leave this dunya is very near now and umar ibn khattab radhiyallahu anhu says i says i understood only the same thing also so in any case this was a message to rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that now the time to depart has come and now that the time to depart has come you've already witnessed this victory Makkah Mukarramah has been conquered you've come for hajj people have come into islam in huge numbers in barely this time of 23 years 
since Nubuad. When Rasulullah started 23 years prior to the time when the first Wahi came, he was one person. And then shortly, Hazrat Abu Bakr joined him, few others joined him. So it was just a small group of people, barely a handful. And in a span of 23 years, Hajjatul Wada comes and more than 10,000 Sahaba have come to perform Hajj alone. Let alone those who didn't manage to come. So this was already the clear meaning of the surah that when you see this great miracle happening, victory has come, Allah Ta'ala's deen now, people are flocking in numbers. This is a sign now the mission has been done, completed. Now you will move on. So already this was the indication and Nabi Islam gave many other indications also. On this occasion he said to the Sahaba, Khudu anni manasikakum, learn the rights of Hajj from me. I might not see you after this time. After this year, another Hajj, I might not meet you. So all these indications were there. And after Rasulullah returned from Hajjatul Wada, and shortly thereafter it was in the midst of the month of Safar. So Hajjatul Wada was in Zulhra, was in Zulhra, was in Zulhijjah, and then Muharram, and thereafter Safar. And in the middle of Safar, Rasulullah took ill. So now his whole life from beginning to end, and from the time Nubuwad came till the time he left this dunya, was filled with lessons. And his whole life was spent in imparting this message of Allah wa ta'ala. So in this last days of his Mubarak life, when this time that he became ill, already the indications were being given, I'm leaving dunya soon. I'm not going to be around for long. And now this illness started 13 days before Nabi Wasallam left this dunya. So obviously this was a very, very crucial time. And in this time, again there were many, again there were many, again there were many lessons, many messages that Rasulullah, that Rasulullah, that Rasulullah Wasallam gave. And that is what we wish to just deal with, to understand these last messages, the last lessons. When a person has already gained the indications, he's already been given the indication that now the time is very limited. And there is this intense love for that ummah that is in front of him. And there is this cry in the cry in the heart for the best for this ummah. That they must succeed both in dunya and akhirat. Dunya and akhirat. So obviously this is going to be a very crucial time. What is going to be now imparted in this time is going to be the sum total and the summary of everything, summary of everything, summary of everything that was imparted throughout the entire time of Nubuat, entire time of Nubuat. And it's going to be the cry of the heart in its most intense form. So now this is the aspect that we have, this is the aspect that we have to now reflect to now, reflect to now, reflect upon. That whatever was imparted in these last final days, especially, obviously the whole life of Nabi Islam was the same thing. But especially in these last days of his Mubarak life, Mubarak life, this was the deep cry of his heart. And that is what we have to take to heart. What was the, what was the deep cry of his, of his Mubarak heart is what we have to take to heart. Many a times we might have heard, we might have even said it ourselves, said it ourselves, said it ourselves, 
sometimes a person, somebody's parent, father, mother, some grandparent maybe, while, while they were leaving dunya in the last days, they said, they said something, they made some wasiyat, they gave some advice. So the person holds that very close to his heart. And he will say, this was my father's parting wish, parting desire, parting words of advice. Come what may, this is what I need to keep to. Just recently one person was discussing something and there was some issue and he said, look, I want to assure you, I have never taken anybody's one cent. Uh, he's just giving something, he said, look, this dispute is there, this person is claiming whatever he's claiming. But I want to assure you, I've never taken anybody's one cent. And he says, one of the reasons for this is, that my mother always told me, until the last day, breath she, day she told me this. That something you take which is not belong you take which is not belong you take which is not belonging to you wrongfully you take it it won't di- it won't digest meaning it'll cause problem meaning it'll cause problems for you don't ever take somebody else's property or anything which doesn't which you are not entitled to because it won't the word she she used she says it won't digest on something don't digest on something don't digest on something don't digest it creates indigestion now this was a very wonderful way of explaining something. That it will create problems. It must create problems. It will create problems in Akhirat obviously. It will create problems in Dunya also. Big problems it will create. So now he was trying to say that look, I, this was my mother's last advice. I hold this very dear to my heart. So I have never done something deliberately wrong to anybody. So like that we might have also got something in our heart and mind which somebody said. But what can compare to the lesson and the message and the wasiyat and the cry of the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What can come even one fraction close to that? And for an ummati, what can be more dear to his heart than that? So now, in this little time that we have, just to touch on one or two things. In these last days of the days of the Mubarak life of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it was it was the witness day that he became very ill. That illness started increasing. Up to this time, he was coming to the masjid for every salah. That morning on that Wednesday, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said to the household that please help me to just take a freshen up. I'm feeling very. I need to freshen up to go and maybe say something to the sahaba. So they helped him to take a bath. He needed assistance for this. And then, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, with the help of Hazrat Fadl ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala he couldn't walk easily on his own. This was the extent. This was the extent. This was the extent of the physical weakness, the extent of the illness, that he was unable to walk unassisted, and he was suffering such a severe headache that in order to try and bring some relief, his head was bandaged very tightly with some cloth, so that perhaps that might give him some relief. Some relief. So now to bear in mind this whole situation, this is the condition of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He is in this degree of illness, this extent of pain, and unable to walk unaided and unassisted. And in this condition, he comes into the masjid, and he asks the Fadl ibn Abbas ask call the Sahaba, ask everybody to come along. In any case, they are called. They come. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam delivers a khutbah, delivers a khutbah. He sits on the mimbar and he delivers a khutbah. And this was the last and final khutbah of his Mubarak life. Mubarak life. 
There was no khutbah dil. There was no khutbah dil. After this, after this. Because he was too ill thereafter. Now, in this khutbah, there were many, many things mentioned. One of the things, for example, that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, that it's not my fear that you are going to, you are going to, meaning those who he was addressing, and, and in the foreseeable future, in the Mubarak land, that in light of whatever, whatever has been achieved, Nabi Islam said, it's not my fear that the people in this Mubarak land, somewhere down the line also, in the near future, would end up committing shirk. That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not my fear. But then the message was given for the. Then the message was given for the. Last, the message was given for the last person to last person to last person to qiyamah to come. And the message was for the whole ummah. That what was the fear and the concern of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? He says, my concern is, 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 and my fear is, is that antub sata alaykum dunya that the dunya might start opening out for you. And the dunya might start opening out for you you would start competing with one another for the dunya. What somebody else has, I must have something better. What somebody else is driving, I must also drive something better. Or something at least like that. At least like that. I can't get left behind. What somebody else is doing, he had some wedding in his family in a certain style. So I've got to do it in a certain style also. Then even if I don't have the money for it, I need to borrow it. And Allah forbid, then even borrow on interest and get myself involved in the lanat of Allah but I need to do it. So he said, this is my concern, that you are going to start competing with one another in the dunya. And then you would start fighting one another for the dunya. And when that happens, you would also be destroyed like the people before you got destroyed for the same reason. They started competing for the dunya, then fighting one another for the dunya, and that led to their destruction. So this was the very deep concern. Our concern is that will there be enough dunya for our family? No matter how much there is, we're still worried about whether there'll be enough. And Nabi Islam's concern is that it might be too much. That's what I'm worried about. It might be too much. That when there's an excess of dunya, then it needs a very strong digestion. Then it needs equal amount of very being very deep rooted in deen and an equal amount of consciousness, in fact more consciousness of Allah wa ta'ala. then the person that dunya will become a great blessing for him. Otherwise Allah forbid it can become a, the biggest test of life. It can lead a person to what not. Then on this occasion Nabi Wasallam said that the time has come very close for me to fulfill the rights that might be due upon me. Now what right could have been left, right could have been left on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the masoom Nabi of Allah ta'ala, no dot of anything could be ever on him. But despite that, this was his level of concern that what if there was any, any right of anyone left on me? I need to settle that. So Nabi sallallahu is addressing the Sahaba and he is presenting himself. That this time has come to settle the rights. So, man kuntu jaladtu zahran fahaza zahri fal yastaqid minhu. If I have ever hurt anybody, I hit somebody on his back wrongfully, 
Then there's my back ready, available. You come and take revenge now. Can you imagine Rasulullah and keeping in mind that condition in which he came into the masjid, unable to walk on his own with the help of other sahaba, with this bandage on his head to just give relief from that severe headache, in this severe weakness, in the severe illness, and he's come to the masjid, to the house of Allah Taala, being the masoom nabi of Allah Taala, and he's presenting himself in front of the sahaba. That look, if I hurt anybody in any way, please come and take your revenge now. Woman, 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 shatam tu lahu ir, woman, shatam tu lahu irhu irdan. Fahada irdi, fal yastaqid minhu. If I hurt somebody's honor, I saw at somebody. I said something offensive to somebody. Then here's my honor today. You take revenge now. You say the same thing to me. If I've hurt you in some way, I've said something offensive to anybody in some way, I'm presenting myself here today. You take your revenge. If I've taken somebody's wealth, then Fahaza Mali Falyastakid Min. Then there's my money, whatever I have. You claim your right now and take it now. And then Nabi Islam goes on to say that Allah la yaqulanna rajulun inni akhsha ash-shahna min qibali rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that look I'm presenting myself take your, take your revenge now take whatever, I, whatever claim you have and you have and nobody should ever think in this manner that if I come and claim whatever my right is now then perhaps there might be some ill feeling in the heart of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for me that look at this person now he came to claim his right came to claim his right Nobody should ever think in that way. In that way. Allah wa inna shahna alaysa min tabi'ati wala min sha'ni. That having any malice, any ill feeling, begrudging anybody, this is not in my nature. This is not, doesn't behove of me. The heart of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was always totally clean regarding everybody. Never had any ill feeling, any malice, any malice, any malice for anybody. In fact, on one occasion, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed Hazrat Anas bin Malik radiallahu ta'ala an, and with great love and affection, says to him, Ya Bunayya, O my beloved son, in qadarta an tusbih an tusbih wa tumsiya, wa laysa fi qalbika ghishun li ahadin faf'al. The crux of this is, keep your heart completely clean of any malice for anybody. Don't have any dirt in your heart for anybody. Why? فَإِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي Because that is, my, that is my sunnah, my way of life. That is how I keep my heart. This is not just a technical definition of sunnah. This is, this is unfortunately we misunderstand the word sometimes. Sunnah is not something that, by the way, something to, well, okay, it's sunnah, so leave it out. No, sunnah is an extremely important aspect in life. And this sunnah means that this is my way of life. So how I live. This is how I keep my heart. So, فَإِنَّ ذَٰلِكَ مِنْ سُنَّتِي وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ سُنَّتِي كَانَ مَعِي فِي الْجَنَّةِ And the one who loves my way of life, my sunnah, he will be with me in Jannah. So this was the heart of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So he said, look, don't ever, so he said, look, don't ever think in this way that perhaps now Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is going to have some ill feeling for me. So therefore now, how can I claim my right? You claim it. There won't be any such feeling of any sort. And then he goes on further to say that the most beloved of all of you is that person 
who comes and claims his right if there is a right left for him. Or then he forgives me so that I meet Allah Ta'ala in a way that I am completely clean and I can meet Allah Ta'ala happily. Now what was this? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was the ma'asum Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, completely sinless. There was not a single dot, not a single anything that he could have anything that he could have ever oppressed anybody, harmed anybody, harmed anybody, done any wrong to anyone. Yet he is presenting himself out of concern for the day of Qiyamah. So what is the lesson for us? In this practical manner, Nabi Wasallam was giving us the lesson. Giving the whole Ummah the lesson. That look, don't take the rights of people lightly. Don't just take it by the way. That I took somebody's wealth in some way, usurped it, it might be inheritance, it might be something else. And I just digested it, so it got digested. No, it never gets digested. It won't get digested in dunya and in akhirat it will become a major problem. I said something offensive to somebody, I just saw it, someone, I heard somebody's feelings, I backbited about someone, slandered somebody else and thought nothing about it. No, no, it's not a small thing. It's a very major thing. On the day of Qiyamah, a person, all his good deeds will go away to those who have now been harmed in dunya in some way. And it wasn't settled in dunya. All his salah, his fast, his zakat, his hajj, his umrah, and his charity, and whatever other good deeds he was doing, everything will get dished out. Because the rights weren't fulfilled in this dunya. As mentioned, this is the last part of the Mubarak life of Rasulullah on earth. This is a cry of his heart. Get the rights settled. Don't ever harm anybody's rights in any way. Then, this was that morning, that later that evening, it was the time of Isha Salah, Rasulullah had performed the last Salah that in his Mubarak life, and in his Mubarak life entirely was the Maghrib Salah of that day, of that day. At the time of Isha, his illness increased tremendously. And when the time of Isha came, he asked those in the house around him that have the Sahaba already performed this Salah? Meaning in the masjid has the salah been performed? Because I want to also go and join them. I want to make my salah, I want to make my salah with jama'ah in the masjid. So they reply and say that no, they're waiting for you. So Nabi Islam says, help me to take a bath. So they put him into a tub, pour water over him. And now he's taken this ghusl. And now he starts, after he's readied himself, starts feeding himself, starts trying to wake up to go to the masjid. To perform the salah with the jama'ah. But the exertion was so much and the weakness because of the illness was so much that in this effort Nabi Islam falls unconscious. After some time he gains consciousness again. As soon as he gains consciousness, the first question Asallam Nas, have the Sahaba already performed the salah? They say, Lahum yantazirunaka ya Rasulullah. No, they're waiting for you. Nabi Islam says, let me take a ghusl again. Because I was unconscious as well. Again they help him to take a ghusl. Again he tries to wake up. Again for the second time he falls unconscious. Can we imagine? And after regaining consciousness for a, after a while, again the first question, Asallam Nas, have the Sahaba performed their salah? Again they say, La hum yantazirunaka ya Rasulullah. No, they're waiting for you. For the third time, the same process. Again, Nabi Islam takes a ghusl. Again, afterwards, he tries to wake up to go to the masjid and falls unconscious for the third time. 
Now when he regains consciousness, he asks the same question. Now when they tell him, no, they're still waiting for you. He says, Muru Aba Bakrin Fal Yusalli Bin Nas. Now instruct Abu Bakr Radiallahu Anh, Abu Bakr Radiallahu Anh, instruct him to go become the Imam and lead the Salah. I am now, now unable to make it to the Masjid. That in this severe illness, after having tried once and falling unconscious, trying for the second time and falling unconscious, and still trying for the third time to get to the Masjid to perform Salah with Jama'ah, and falling unconscious for the third time, after the third time, now Nabi Salaam says, Muru Aba Bakrin Fal Yusalli Bin Nas, instruct Abu Bakr that he must now lead the Salah. What was this message? What was this lesson? That how important the Salah is. And the Salah with Jama'ah. This, this happened on that Thursday actually. And the two days later on Saturday, or perhaps, or perhaps, or perhaps the third day, the Sunday, Nabi Salaam felt a little bit better, a little bit lighter. And the Zuhar Salah was taking place. He instructed two Sahaba to support him. And he came to the Masjid in that condition. He couldn't walk on his own. The narrator says, I, could, I can visualize the Mubarak feet of Rasulullah actually trailing the ground. He wasn't even able to put his feet fully on the ground. But in this condition, he felt a little bit better. In this condition, he came to the house of Allah Ta'ala to perform the Salah al-Jama'ah. This was that message and lesson. Message and lesson. These are the last moments of his Mubarak life. And in, this la- and in this last moments of his Mubarak life, he gave this practical lesson of how important Salah is and Salah with Jama'ah jama- in the Masjid. So a person is very far away from the Masjid, he's traveling, whatever, that's a different matter. Otherwise the Masjid is in access, accessible, he has some transport to get to the Masjid. Then the Salah with Jama'ah in the Masjid, this is the importance Rasulullah displayed in his Mubarak lifetime, in the last moments of his Mubarak life. Then, in this time, among the things that happened, time is very limited, but just to get to the next aspect, that in the Mubarak last moments of his time, he gave some parting advice. Among the parting advice that he gave, one of the things he mentioned, Akhrijul Yahuda min Jaziratil Arab. And one revived, Akhrijul Mushrikeen min Jaziratil Arab. That expel the Yahud, the Jews out of the Arabian Peninsula so that this place is safe from their mischief it's safe from their influence and likewise in what hadith the, likewise in what hadith the mushrikeen, the idolaters so in any case this was the advice of Rasulullah his instruction but now the point of reflection for us that one is to be physically distant from somebody but if a person is physically distant from someone also, but he still accepts that person's influence, so the whole purpose is defeated. The whole idea is to be safe from the influence. So we need to reflect in our lives that how much is the influence of the Mubarak Sunnah of Rasulullah and how much is the influence of the Yahud and Nasara in our day-to-day lives, in how we conduct our businesses, how we have our marriages, how we live our day-to-day life. Where is our inclination to the way of Rasulullah and his Mubarak way of life or to the ways of the Yahud and Nasara? Now this was actually the message for us. 
expel the ways of Yahud and Nasara from our lives also. So this was a very, very deep message, very important message, and something to keep reflecting upon. Then the other lesson and message Nabi Salaam gave, Salaam gave, Salaam gave, As-Salah, wa ma malakat, wa ma malakat, wa ma malakat aymanukum. Repeatedly he said this, As-Salah, wa ma malakat aymanukum. Be conscious of your Salah. Be conscious of your Salah, conscious of your Salah, perform your Salah with regularity. This is the first, first thing that's going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. This is the most important obligation of Deen in As-Salah. وَمَا مَلَكَتْ إِيمَانُكُمْ And your slaves. How you treat your slaves. Beware of this. Don't take it for granted. Otherwise the day of Qiyamah is coming. So in a broader context, those you have authority over. Whoever it might be. How you treat those who are under you. How you treat those you have some authority over. Authority over. Remember Allah is watching. The day of Qiyamah is coming. Perhaps today somebody might just keep quiet because he doesn't have any... He can't say anything. Or he's too afraid to say something. Say something. Say something. But Qiyamah is coming. The day of Qiyamah is not far. Therefore this is that message. That beware of how we treat those we have, have authority over. Have authority over. Have authority over. That offensive, that offensive word, that injustice, that won't go without consequences. It, it brings its consequences in dunya also. And Allah forbid if this is not, this is not settled, it brings very severe consequences on the day of Qiyamah. So in the Mubarak last, last, last days and Mubarak moments of this time of Rasulullah on earth, as he was parting from dunya, he gave us such great lessons. The lesson of the right. Fulfill the rights of people. Don't harm anybody in any way. The importance of salah and salah with jama'ah in the masjid. This is something to ring in our hearts and minds. At the time of Fajr, at the time of Zuhar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha. And how we treat those who are under us. And the aspect of the dunya. And what a threat this dunya is. And how we can create so much of havoc in a person's life. If this dunya is not handled correctly, Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give me in all of us, Allah give me in all of us, Allah give me in all of us, Tawfiq, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillah.